0: Okay, this is uh, Wednesday for the first week of Lent. And um, here we go. Entrance Antiphon from Psalm 25. Remember your compassion, O Lord, and your merciful love, for they are from of old. Let not not our enemies exult over us. Redeem us, O God of Israel, from all our distress. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, uh, I'm sorry about things are a little late. Um, it was uh, kind of difficult this week um, putting t- things together. But anyway, Uh, since um, we're here Um, you know I was listening to a podcast and you know they were talking about you know how like in the Roman church or the Latin Rite church we've sort of like uh, watered everything down you know, um, like everything became very—the word is properly—is minimalistic. We've made everything so minimalistic, but also how we've also became very casual about our practices. And a lot of times, it seems to suggest that we've done it to be accepted by a very modern world, uh, at the cost of our relationship with God. And we've, like, uh, the question is, why did we minimalize everything? And why did, like, we were very harsh at uh, spiritual practices. Like, like for example, why are we so negative about fasting? Why are we so negative about talking about our faith? Uh, Are we ashamed or are we trying to be accepted? By a world around us. Are we. Are we really trying to convert the world. I mean look at the way things now in Ireland. Right. Look at the way things are in Ireland. And look at the way things. Uh, look at the way. I mean. It it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. But. Now they're talking About. That there's a depopulation. You know how they used to talk about overpopulation? Well, now they're talking about a depopulation around the world. Like, say, China. China is finding now that its numbers are actually shrinking. And it isn't because things are better in China. Like, there are things seriously, like, the, the population in Japan is seriously... At a dangerous level. There's also population drops in Korea. Uh, India is actually growing. It seems to happen every now and then. Populations in Africa are booming. Islamic countries are are booming. And also in some parts of South America. The populations are dropping. I say some parts. Here in the United States. Also there's a serious. Um. Population, which means there's going to be difficulty also in Canada, United States. There's going to be serious problems. I think this seems to be a problem among very materialistic countries, countries that have had great financial success, and also countries with power, like political power. It seems to be a serious problem because. The, the problem with I think the battle between materialism and then the problem with population and I think a lot of it has a lot to do with sin because we turned our back on God and so our, we need in some places actually three birth rate, I mean, three births to replace people. Uh, I will say a certain amount of people. Let's say you have five. Okay. Well, unfortunately we're not catching up. People die or getting old, but there's not enough for the workforce to compete let's say in some places you need 3 3 births to replace 5 that's maybe maybe you maybe you need more than that but the fact is it's not happening it's actually down to 2 for every 5 that die and that's not enough obviously I mean, I'm I'm giving a very bad mathematic level, but this is, my mathematics are not great, but it's the fact is kids are not having, I mean, adults are not having kids. In China, it's an unbalanced birth rate because the government was trying to cut back in a population, uh, mainly to stop people from trying to overthrow them, but it's not happening. The The Chinese people are just not having kids. Not because they just not because they're financially successful, because it's very difficult to life to live in China. It's it's just not you know, it's just not worth it. You know, it's you know, and in in, in Australia it's the same thing. New Zealand New Zealand is the same thing, but in the cases over there, it's because. One yeah, it is expensive to have a family. two people just don't want to have kids they just don't want to have kids in Africa the Christian faith is booming and the people there are happy to have families Middle East they have just they, they they're just they're having more kids maybe in some places when they're financially successful like Abu Dhabi or other than the Arab Emirates, they're not having as much Arab, uh, as much kids, Muslim Arab kids as let's say other places, but they're having their population is still strong. South America, it's a mixed bag. You got people who are just one, they're growing up in poverty, and they saw how hard it is. them when they grow up so in some cases they're just not having kids and not getting married other cases because maybe they're rich and affluent they're having less kids because they just don't want to spend the money on them and then they're having let's say maybe two kids or one and in some cases the rich just don't want to have kids because they want to live a ki- a, a child free life. Take, take your pick. Whatever it is, it's going to be tough, because we, because the ch- population grows older, there's not enough people paying in the social security, and not enough people paying in the medical coverage. There you have it. All right, let's move on to the readings. All right, reading from the. Book of the Prophet Jonah, chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. The Ninevites turned from their evil ways. A reading from the Book of the Prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Set out for the great city of Nineveh and announced to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went, and went to Nineveh, according to the Lord's bidding. Now Nineveh was an enormously large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began his journey through the city and had gone but a single day's walk, announcing 40 days more, and Nineveh will be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast And all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, laid aside his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in the ashes. Then he had this proclaimed throughout Nineveh, by decree of the king and his nobles, neither man nor beast, neither cattle nor sheep, shall taste anything. They shall not eat, nor shall they drink water. Man and beast shall be covered with sackcloth, and call loudly to God. Every man shall turn from his evil way and from the violence he has in his hand. Who knows? God may relent and forgive and withhold his blazing wrath so that we shall not perish. When God saw their actions how they turned from their evil way he repented of the evil that he had threatened to do he uh, to do to them he did not carry it out the word of the Lord thanks be to God so you see here is interesting no 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 Jonah goes to the city and Jonah is told to preach to them, preach to them forgiveness. Earlier, Jonah tried to run away. He hated the Ninevites. He hated the, he hated them because they hurt his people. They took some of his people away as slaves. The northern kingdom of Israel, Israel itself, the, the south is called Judah. At this time. They were split. And Jews were taken away into captivity. Eventually, later on, the Babylonians came and took away the southern kingdom. Both sides committed evil. Both sides have have sinned. Both sides have turned to paganism. Both sides have turned to child sacrifice. And both had had to be destroyed. The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And now... God tells him to go to a a very kingdom to preach to that hurt him, that hurt his people. At this time now, God's revelations are taking a different turn. You know, because this was always a direction that the Israelites were going to go to. This was always a direction that God was planning to go through. Not the Israelites themselves, but God himself was planning to send his message out to the Gentiles. Now, they failed when they had a temple to keep God's commandments. They failed to be a, a light to the nations. They failed to to witness to the world their faith in, in the God who has redeemed and shown favor to their, to, to, you know, to them. Instead, they, they turn to sin. They turn inside. When you sin, you're actually turning towards yourself. You want to please yourself. You're, you're also selfish. You know, you're constantly looking for the next high, high, you're putting yourself first. You're not putting God first, and not, you're not putting your neighbor first. You're becoming your own god, or you. And also, but the, the gods you worship reflect you. Okay, you look at pornography over all, all all day long. You're you're worshiping yourself. You technically you want your own pleasure first. Practice masturbation. It's about you. Gluttony is about us. Vanity is about us. We always want the next high. We always want what's for ourselves. We love ourselves or technically the truth is we just don't think it's worth it to love someone else and worship someone else. You're worshiping yourself. Fine. If it hurts me, okay, what am I gonna do about it? At least I'm not hurting anybody else, right? You think you're not, but you are. Anyway, so Jonah goes to them. He's forced to, and he goes through the city. The city's big. Nineveh like takes three days. Miraculous no Jonah goes to the city in one day. And they and behold and behold, they convert. How is it that they're going to convert? How is it a a pagan nation's converting? Well, here's something for you. Could it be that maybe because they were living with their Jewish captives for so long, could it be that the worship of the Jews has rubbed off on them? Could it be that maybe they married into Jews? they they, they, They attended Jewish service? Because look, look at their behavior. They repent. They cover themselves in ash and put on dirty south cloth. They sit in there and they repent. And the king says, No food or drink for anyone until God takes back his wrath. How do they know so much about God? But regardless Godless what, they convert. They have been, they, it, they repented. And it scares, you know, it's scary to someone like Jonah, as you will see. He gets him angry. As a matter of fact, it's very similar to the way the character Simon Peter behaved in the Chosen, the last season three episode. He The, the Jews just did not think the Gentiles were worth anything. They thought God was all for themselves. Like as though you can keep him to yourself. I mean, he's yours, but he's not a physical object to keep, is he? No. He's not a, he's not a pagan idol. And he wants to show you, I'm the God of the Gentiles. And I, should, I can show them mercy. Anyway, they repent. And God decides not to destroy them. At least that generation. But this is serious and we should think about it god wants us all to repent he wants us he wants even to pray for our enemies pray for those who hurt us show you know pray for people and 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 show mercy to them all right let's move on from there so you'll notice there's going to be a lot of psalm 51 throughout lent a lot of psalm 51 So the response is, A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness, in the greatness of your compassion. Wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt and of my sin. Cleanse me. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A clean heart create for me, O God. A steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. For you are not pleased with con- sacrifices. Should I offer burnt offerings, you would not accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Psalm 51 is also known as the miserere, the the, basically, the mercy psalm, I think we probably get the word misery from that word. But probably It's a Latin word, but it's a repentance psalm. It's very popular because, you know, I mean, there's repentance throughout the church year. But a time for Lent is a time to see basically maybe, I mean, maybe when we fail, we shouldn't look at it. We should look at more as a success, the fact that we know that we're weak and we should be aware of our weakness, our weakness to sin, our, you know, our weakness to materialism, our weakness to food, our weakness towards vanity, our weakness in not showing enough mercy to our, uh, to our neighbor, but most of all, not realizing that we need God's mercy. And that we need to repent, and that's important. And then we need to be able to build ourselves up again, to build our our, our world up again, to you know to to be able to become better better worshippers of God. We need that. <laughs> <clears throat> make Psalm 51. Let's make because the church puts it in front of us almost throughout all, all of Lent. And this passage of Jonah should, we need, we need, we do need to learn not to hate people, not to, because we are become a hateful society, angry and hateful and vindictive. And, you know, Christine now has pointed to one episode, like we are so distracted. Do we even realize that how we take the Lord's name in vain? Do we even realize that we've broken his Ten Commandments? Do we realize that that we are gossipers? Do we realize that, you know, we hang around people because we don't want to look unmanly, who's all for committing sin and bringing other people uh, down to his level? To a point that you know, we gotta repent. We have to admit that we have an addiction to sin, and we have to keep away from it. Sin destroys the soul. It destroys the body. It, it destroys the son. Okay, you know, we need we need God. We need to repent. All right, let's move on. Okay, so verse before the go- verse before the gospel. It's from Joel. Chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, for I am gracious and merciful. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, for I am gracious and merciful. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, for I am gracious and merciful. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. And this passage the read the gospel is from chap uh, from Luke's the Gospel of St Luke chapter 11 verse 29 to 32 No mm-hmm. sign will be given to this generation except the sign of Jonah All right we're reading from the Holy Gospel according to St Luke While still more people gathered in the crowd Jesus said to to them This generation is an evil generation it seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it, except the sign of Jonah, just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the queen of the south will rise from the, from men, uh, with with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them because. Uh, She Okay, hold on. Let me read this passage again. I lost my place. Sorry. Let me start over here. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of, uh, of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the queen of the south will rise with the men of this generation and she will condemn them because she came uh, from the ends of the earth to hear wisdom of Solomon. And there is something greater than Solomon here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will rise with this generation and condemn it because at the preaching of Jonah, they repented. But there is something greater than than Jonah here. Something greater than Jonah. Let me read it one more time. While still more people gather in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man to this generation. And there's something greater than Jonah here, the gospel of the Lord. So they repented, that generation repented in a time of, of uh, Jonah. And also um, you also had people like, you know, uh, someone in this generation that just doesn't think they need repentance. They don't believe it. The woman from the queen of the South rose, came to hear Solomon and she herself was, was converted because she listened to someone rise. And this, this is something that's very important to, to us. We have to repent of our sins. We're no better than any other generation. We're not you know, we shouldn't think that we're better. What we're smarter? Everybody thinks that because like for example, why why is sexual immorality so much accepted but chastity or virtue is not? Self control is not, self respect is not. They they seem to think that. They're better than the past. But everybody thinks they're better than the past. Really, when you think about it, when you, and especially in in most cases, a non-Christian society that we live in, always thinks it's better. Always thinks it knows better. Always thinks that it's, it's content. Never, in a sense, be content. Even when you're rich or poor, you shouldn't be content. Every situation can be better. But... So, sadly, it's, it's, it's not always possible. I think, you know, people sometimes need a little bit more. People sometimes need to, you know. That's one of the things I don't like. All oh, this uh, modern, modern people. There's just uh, I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, people I've noticed today. They think that because they're sexually liberated that they're better and they're more progressive what makes them think that they're more progressive why is progressive better as opposed to what to the past that's to um, someone who wants to be chased someone who who wants to think about God what makes the what makes this generation better what makes pro, progressive better what makes what makes something evolving better evolving to what everybody wants to talk about that they're making this time better i don't think so i don't think so i don't think they're better i don't think they want to be better i think the problem is maybe we do want to be better but we want to be holy. I mean, that's what I believe. I think, I don't think the past is better. I know, I I think that God, uh, God has the answer. And I think I'm going to say I'm not better. I'm not progressive. I don't think I am. But I'll say this. What God created is better than what human beings create. That's, well, that's what I'll say. I think what God made and the way he made things was better. I think that our idea of better progressive is not better. I think it's actually stupid and dangerous. Okay, let's move on. Okay, to the closing. okay so I'm going to say this first um if you're having trouble if you're having health problems um turn to turn to the turn to the Immaculate Heart of Mary turn to the intercession of St. Joseph and um commend yourself uh consecrate yourself to the immaculate heart of mary and through mary to the sacred heart of jesus sacred heart of jesus have mercy immaculate heart of mary pray for us saint joseph pray for us hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. If you're having family problems, um, if you're having difficulty breaking away with sin, turn to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Turn to St. Joseph. Consecrate yourself to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. <clears throat> our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruined souls. Amen. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.